You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the UK is asking for COVID restrictions to come back and a New Jersey private college issues a dire financial plea. Here's your national news recap for the week of October 17th. Secretary of State Colin Powell has died from complications of COVID-19 at the age of 84. His family said he passed away Monday morning and that he was fully vaccinated against the coronavirus. They thanked the medical staff at Walter Reed and said, we have lost a remarkable and loving husband, father, grandfather, and a great American. Powell was a four-star general in the U.S. Army and the first African-American U.S. Secretary of State. He served under President George W. Bush from 2001 to 2005. President Biden praised General Colin Powell following his death. The president released a statement that described Powell as a patriot of unmatched honor and dignity. He said the former Secretary of State embodied the highest ideals of both warrior and diplomat. Biden noted Powell was committed to the ideals and values that give America its strength. The FBI is confirming that the human remains found at a Florida nature reserve are those of Brian Laundrie. The partial remains were found at the Florida Nature Park where police were hunting for laundry. Police have been searching for him as a person of interest in the Gabby Petito homicide for several weeks. Governor Gavin Newsom signed an executive order Wednesday aimed at easing supply chain congestion at the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. Newsom said in a statement, California's ports are critical to our local, state, and national economies, and the state is taking action to support goods movements in the face of global disruptions. The executive order calls on state agencies to find state-owned properties and other locations that could help alleviate short-term storage needs for shipping containers. The governor also wants to identify priority freight routes that could be temporarily exempted from vehicle weight limits to allow them to carry more goods. Longer-term solutions that will bolster port operations and the movement of goods are also in the works. Those plans will be considered in the government's next budget due out in January. The man responsible for one of the worst mass shootings in American history is pleading guilty. Nicholas Cruz did so Wednesday in a Florida courtroom. The 2018 shooting claimed the lives of 17 people at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. The White House is rolling out its plan to vaccine children aged 5 to 11. The plan isn't fully approved yet by the FDA, but New Jersey Health Commissioner Judy Persicilli says they're going to have as many outlets available once it gets the green light. The approval for the vaccine for younger children could happen in a matter of weeks. The vaccine will be a third of the dose authorized for those 12 and up, and there will be smaller needles. The official vote tallies of the recall election are in, and California Governor Gavin Newsom's support among voters is holding steady. The final number from California's 58 counties shows that Newsom handily beat the recall effort by 61.9% of the vote. Political experts say that's the exact percentage of votes Newsom got when he ran for governor in 2018. 
Those who supported ousting Newsom cast around 38% of the ballots. Conservative talk show host Larry Elder had the most support among those seeking to replace Newsom. He netted a little over 48% of the recall Gavin vote. Authorities are investigating the death of a 27-year-old woman found inside her Jersey City apartment. Police say they responded to a report Tuesday afternoon about a dead woman at 131 Woodlawn Avenue. When they got there, they found the body of Diamond Dalvia inside her apartment. An autopsy is being performed to determine how she died. Investigators from the Hudson County Prosecutor's Office Homicide Unit and the Jersey City Police Department are on the case. A Riverside teacher is on leave after a classroom video of her in a Native American headdress goes viral online. In the video shot at California's John W. North High School, the teacher, identified as Candace Reed, can be seen war hopping and tomahawk chopping, according to the description on the Instagram post. Riverside Unified School District released a statement calling the behavior completely unacceptable and an offensive depiction of the vast and expansive Native American cultures and practices. Members of the Indigenous Peoples Movement want Reed fired. They encourage students and parents to take part in a protest outside the school on Thursday. Two boys are hurt after a Washington County crash. The Iowa State Patrol says the truck driver turned in front of a Jeep Wrangler on Highway 22 in Riverside around 7.30 Thursday morning. The 16-year-old driver of the Jeep and the 12-year-old passenger were hurt and taken to the University of Iowa hospitals and clinics. Weekly jobless claims are down. The Labor Department reports 290,000 Americans filed first-time claims for unemployment benefits last week. That's 6,000 fewer than the previous week's revised total and not too far off from what most analysts were expecting. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. It's Ram, bringing you the latest in politics for the Rowan Report. Some updates to the bills you've been hearing about for a while now. Details are emerging about the changes to the earlier floated $3.5 trillion bill. In scaling down to $2 trillion, corporate tax rate increases were shelved. Environmental plans were reduced to carbon credits and taxes, grants, and loans. And the time duration of child payments is now one year, and paid leave for childbirth is reduced from 12 to 4 weeks. The work continues, but the picture is not entirely clear as to what is in the bill, what has been cut, and whether they will make the October 31st deadline. For the third time this year, Senate Democrats on the 20th tried to pass sweeping election reform legislation and were blocked, again, by Republicans. Maine Independent Senator King, who caucuses with the Democrats, recently indicated easing long-standing opposition to changing the filibuster rules, hinting towards incremental progress for the Democrats despite the bill's failure. The U.S. House is expected to hold Trump ally Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress relating to their January 6th investigation proceedings. The department has historically been reluctant to use prosecution power against witnesses in contempt of Congress, but pressure from the Democrats to act comes as these investigations are on the worst attack on the U.S. Capitol in two centuries. It is uncertain whether they will, as they have been very resistant to comments made by the president on the topic. In adding two challenges that President Biden faces, the administration's promises of a more humane process for undocumented migrants and asylum seekers is coming under scrutiny. Quote, internal government documents make clear that reports of grievous abuses, assaults, sexual abuse, and discriminatory treatment by U.S. agents are an open secret within DHS, said the Associate U.S. Director of Human Rights Watch. The documents were obtained through a Freedom of Information Act request, and the statuses of the investigation are unclear. 
and HRW say that they have provided summaries to the Department of Homeland Security. On the 21st, the Federal Reserve banned purchases of individual stocks or bonds and agency-backed securities by its top officials and unveiled a broad set of regulations and restrictions and oversight on investing activities, roughly six weeks after reports of active trading by central bank policymakers triggered an ethics uproar. The aim is to reduce conflict of interest. About three dozen environmental groups have sent a petition to the U.S. Department of the Interior on the 20th, saying that they have the authority to suspend, and ultimately cancel, oil leases on federal waters. This comes less than a month after an underwater pipeline transporting crude oil from offshore platforms to the California coast leaked 25,000 gallons of crude into the ocean. And with that, I've been Ram, and this has been Politics for the Rowan Report. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Doctors and health workers in the UK are calling for a return of some COVID restrictions as infections and hospitalizations are on the rise. The NHS Confederation, representing healthcare organizations across the nation, is urging the government to bring back the measures like mask mandates to prevent hospitals from being overwhelmed this winter. The UK is seeing between 40,000 and 50,000 new infections a day. North Korean officials say their latest ballistic missile test came from a submarine. They announced what they called the successful test fire Wednesday after South Korean and Japanese officials reported the launch Tuesday. State news agency KCNA also reported the missile was fired from the same vessel North Korea used to test a submarine-launched ballistic missile in 2016. The UN Security Council is set to hold a closed-door meeting today to discuss North Korea in a wake of the latest missile test. The country is banned from testing ballistic missiles and nuclear weapons under the international law. Russia is warning that Afghanistan could face a refugee crisis if food and other support isn't set over immediately. During talks in Moscow, 10 countries called for the urgent humanitarian aid for Afghans. That includes Russia, China, Pakistan, India, and Iran. The group joined the Taliban in urging the United Nations to create a donor conference as soon as possible that would help rebuild the country. The U.S. did not attend Wednesday's talks, but the group says it should pay for reconstruction efforts, along with other countries that withdrew troops. Queen Elizabeth is canceling a trip on doctor's orders. The longest reigning British monarch was set to visit Northern Ireland today and tomorrow, but Buckingham Palace says she will instead be resting at Windsor Castle after reluctantly accepting medical advice to cancel the trip. The palace said in a statement that Her Majesty is in good spirits and looking forward to visiting Northern Ireland in the future. A palace source told CNN that the cancellation is not COVID-related. The Kremlin said Russian President Vladimir Putin will not be flying to Scotland for the upcoming Global Climate Summit. The UN Climate Change Conference will be held for two weeks in Glasgow starting October 31st. The UK is hoping to get world leaders to agree to a significant climate deal at the conference. A venomous snake is scaring workers at a business in England. The scaled viper was stowed away in a shipping container that came from India. Staff from the South Essex Wildlife Hospital says the snake is one of the most deadliest that exists. The hospital's reptile experts, along with other help of veterinarian, 
were able to capture the venomous reptile and transport it to an appropriate facility. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. There's a lot of pain at the pump for folks in New Jersey. Gasoline prices have reached their highest level since 2008. AAA says the average cost of a gallon of regular in the Garden State is now $3.40. A year ago, drivers were paying $2.24 a gallon. Hurricane Ida, which impacted production in the Gulf of Mexico, is a factor, but so is general demand that's simply outstripping supply. The short-term solution is to drive less, with a long-term solution including switching to hybrid or electric cars. The calendar says fall, but plans are already underway for the return of the Christmas Village at the Inner Harbor in Baltimore. The village will return to the harbor's West Shore Park after it was canceled last year due to COVID. The market will feature traditional German food and drinks, and will feature a 30-foot-tall carousel-like tower. The Christmas Village will open for a preview the weekend of November the 20th, before it officially opens for business Thanksgiving Day through December 24th. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy has no plans to follow New York City by requiring public employees to get the coronavirus vaccine. Murphy says he won't rule it out, but says at the moment the state likes where it is by leaving the vaccine or test options. Murphy is keeping the rules for healthcare workers who either have to get vaccinated or submit to regular testing unless their employer mandates the vaccine. Recently, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio announced that any city employee who does not get vaccinated will be placed on unpaid leave. President Biden is promoting his Build Back Better agenda to Pennsylvanians. The president gave a speech in Scranton recently during his first visit to the city since he was elected president, saying Scranton isn't his home because of the memories it gave him, but because of the values. Biden spoke for about an hour, touting his infrastructure bill currently sitting in Congress, saying it will invest in Pennsylvania's roads and bridges, resilience, and public transportation. He also spoke on his agenda, which he says is a tax cut for middle-class families, funded by increased taxes on the wealthiest Americans. Governor Phil Murphy is releasing polling rules for the November 2nd general election. Here's Sarah Lee Kessler with the details. The governor has issued an administrative order with State Police Chief Patrick Callahan. The rules call for rooms within a building to be used exclusively for voting. For school districts planning to hold in-person instruction that day while also holding elections, voters aren't allowed to make any contact with students or staff. In the meantime, in-person early voting begins this weekend. Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio, New Jersey. From Kelly Haybauer at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, one of New Jersey's oldest and most historic private colleges took the highly unusual step of admitting it is in financial trouble and that it may close unless it finds someone to get the school out of the red. Officials at Bloomfield College, a four-year college in Essex County, say this may be its last year without a financial overhaul or a partnership with another college. In a frank plea for help, they ask potential donors or partners to contact them. Bloomfield College has enough money to complete the 2021-2022 school year, but it is uncertain if it can reopen next fall, officials said. Delaware Governor John Carney has signed a new legislation into law that will greatly benefit people with disabilities. Carney signed the Jamie Wolf Employee Act that will ensure that people with disabilities are paid minimum wage. It was sponsored by Representative Deborah Heffernan and Senator Nicole Poor. Minimum wage is currently $9.25 an hour, but it will gradually increase to $15 by 2025. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy is highlighting improvements to NJ Transit during his time in office as another new class of train engineers graduates. He notes the installation of the positive train control safety system, new rail cars and locomotives, and a net gain of 73 engineers in the last four years. Murphy reports that cancellations as a result of engineers calling out sick have gone down by 38%, adding a number of rail lines are more regularly enjoying on-time service. 
The governor says while there's more work to be done, the engineer shortage that led to so many delays is being actively addressed. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Karai Bennett with your Rowan News. This year, Rowan is expected to get three awards in three different projects that they've received this year. The annual Tech Connect World Innovations Conference and Expo highlights research of advances from organizations and universities all over the world, but the event is so much more. The Tech Connect Conference is a matchmaking opportunity for researchers who can showcase their innovation and meet potential investors, said Dr. Tabitha Dobbins, Rowan University's interim vice president for research. Presenting at Tech Connect is a good way to get exposure and network researchers and innovators can greatly broaden their reach with one event. For more than 20 years, the Tech Connect World Innovation Conference and Expo has showcased more than 20,000 innovations, helping innovators get their idea, designs, and technologies to the commercial market and into the hand of end users. This year, Rowan Projects will receive innovation awards as Tech Connect Conference and X. Other Rowan University tech achievements include eight innovation showcase participants whose projects include work body composition analyzers and aerospace grade home systematic safety device. Rowan faculty previously attended Tech Connect World Innovation Conference and Expo events in 2018 and 2019, where they collected two and three national innovation awards. I'm Karai Bennett with your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. In Rowan Sports News, the Rowan Women's Volleyball Team has now clinched the number one seed in the NJAC tournament. This means they will have home court advantage throughout as well as having a first round bye. Junior Simone Sperano also notched her 1,000th career dig this past Tuesday. The women's volleyball team is currently competing in the DeSales quad match in Center Valley, PA. Moving along to the Rowan field hockey team, they beat Stockton University at home on Wednesday 2-0. The field hockey team has won nine straight coming into today's match against Salisbury on the road. As for another game on the slate tonight, the Rowan men's soccer team will play Montclair State in Glassboro at 7 p.m. The men's soccer team is coming off a loss to Kane University. Women's soccer will also take on Montclair State on the road today at 1 p.m. To the gridiron and Rowan football, the profs are coming off a tough loss at home against Salisbury 24-7. Heading into this week, the profs will take on William Patterson, who are 3-3 on the year and 1-1 in NJAC play. This will be the homecoming game for the profs, and I sat down with wideout C.J. Barrett to discuss his expectations into this week's game. Here is part of that interview. So, you know, this week obviously is homecoming, uh, big, big game for you guys against William Patterson. Defensively, they're, they're pretty good. They're third best in the NJAC. They only allow 6.2 yards per attempt. So what is your, what are you looking forward to in the homecoming game, uh, you know, against William Patterson? What have they done defensively that you guys want to try and move the ball around? They do a lot of different things on defense and they fly around. They fly, they fly the ball pretty well, but we feel like uh, we put certain guys in certain places and formationally-wise, get them in certain looks that they've shown. Uh, we feel like we could do a lot of good things out of just moving them around and putting guys where we want, where we want them to be. 
so we could execute the play properly. So what is your expectation going into homecoming? It's at home, your second game in a row uh, at home. Uh, what's it like playing in front of that home crowd? Uh, I know I've, I know homecoming is really popular here at Ryland, and I'm expecting to see a big crowd out there as usually it is on homecoming. Um, and just playing a lot of, playing in front of a lot of fans is just a lot of fun. It gives us energy, and it's just really exciting. So for you, you know, as a football player, as an athlete, who is your biggest inspiration uh, for when you step on the field? Um, I'd say in past recent years, I really like looking at uh, Zach Ertz. Saturday he got traded. Yeah, last he week, is now in the Cardinals. <laughs> he, yeah, he's a guy that shows up every day and works really hard and is truly a team guy. Special thanks to C.J. Barrett of the Rowan football team. And that was your sports news with me, Nick Earnshaw, right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Hi, my name is Megan Steckler, and this is your Rowan Report business update. John Deere workers on strike at one plant in Iowa are no longer allowed to picket on the company's property. Deere was granted a temporary injunction Wednesday that says striking workers in Davenport are banned from company property until there's an agreement on the new labor contract. Picketers will also be limited to groups of four at each entrance to the Davenport Works plant. This comes amid reports picketers have been harassing employees who aren't on strike and are trying to keep people from entering the plant. Royal Caribbean is announcing what it calls the ultimate world cruise, sailing to more than 150 destinations. Royal Caribbean's Serenade of the Seas will set sail in 2023 on what the cruise line says will be the longest and most comprehensive world cruise, lasting nine months. The itinerary includes visits to 65 countries in all seven continents. The voyage will begin on December 10, 2023, and wrap up in Miami on September 10th, 2024. Rates start at $61,000 plus taxes and fees. President Biden is pushing his Build Back Better agenda in Pennsylvania. Speaking in Scranton, Biden argued the bipartisan infrastructure package and larger spending plan have nothing to do with what side of the aisle you stand on. He insisted the measures won't increase the deficit and are fully paid for. Biden has been working to get the legislation through Congress, holding meetings with Democrats to try to hammer out a deal. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer recently said he hopes a deal on the framework will be reached this week. Netflix is reporting solid earnings for the third quarter. The streaming company posted earnings per share of $3.19, beating expectations of $2.56. Overall, the company brought in $7.48 billion in revenue, matching estimates exactly. Netflix gained 4.4 million global paid net subscriber additions against the expectations of 3.84 million. The company expects to add another 8.5 million subscribers in the fourth quarter. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. Kanye West is getting approval to change his name. A Los Angeles judge said West can legally be known as Ye. The 44-year-old rapper filed a petition for the name change in August and said it was for personal reasons. There's no word on how the move will affect his divorce proceedings with his soon-to-be ex-wife Kim, who still goes by Kim Kardashian West. Authorities are investigating after a prop firearm discharged by actor Alec Baldwin killed one and injured another in New Mexico. The Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office says it happened on the movie set of the Western Rust at Bonanza Creek Ranch in Santa Fe on Thursday. The director of photography, 42-year-old Helena Hutchins, was killed. Director Joel Souza was also shot and taken to the hospital. No charges have been filed in the incident. 
Kourtney Kardashian is engaged to fiancé Travis Barker. After making their relationship official on social media in February, the 45-year-old Blink-182 drummer got down on one knee on a beach in Santa Barbara, California last Sunday. The couple has been dating since late 2020. Rumors are swirling that Grammy Award-winning singer Harry Styles is joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Following the Hollywood premiere of Marvel's latest superhero outing, The Eternals, multiple journalists broke the embargo to share the news that Styles makes a cameo in the film's post-credit scene. Variety writer Matt Donnelly took to Twitter saying Styles has been cast as Eros, brother of Thanos. Little else known is about Styles casting at this time. However, some fans speculate he will have a big role in the upcoming third installment of Guardians of the Galaxy. It appears Swedish House Mafia will headline Coachella 2022 next April. The music festival posted a photo on Instagram of Axwell, Sebastian Ingrosso, and Steve Angelo walking through an orange haze at the Indian polo fields in Southern California. The EDM group reunited in 2018 with bigger plans for 2020 until COVID happened. Judas Priest singer Rob Halford says he was treated for prostate cancer and is now in remission. In a recent interview, Halford said he had a little cancer battle a year ago while the band was in lockdown. The 70-year-old said he had his prostate removed last July and received radiation treatments earlier this year and is now in remission. Last month, Judas Priest guitarist Richie Faulkner was hospitalized after he had a heart attack on stage. Rapper Flavor Flav is facing domestic violence charges after being arrested in Nevada earlier this month. TMZ reports Flav allegedly poked his finger on the victim's nose, grabbed her, threw her down, and grabbed a phone out of her hand. The rapper has been charged with misdemeanor battery, constituting domestic violence. Flav's attorney told TMZ they will explain their side in the courtroom and not in the media. Hundreds of activists are rallying in support of Netflix employees as controversy surrounding recent comments by Dave Chappelle continues. In his new comedy special, The Closer, released by Netflix this month, Chappelle made jokes centered around transgender people. Employees of the streaming giant staged a walkout Wednesday in an effort trans and non-binary executives as well as removing transphobic content in the office. The walkout has received support from many celebrities and activists, most recently from the star of the company's The Umbrella Academy, Elliot Page, who is trans. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.